Hello and welcome along to another Tortoise Shack Sunday special where various hosts of the Tortoise Shack Network come together to break down the events of the week and get you, our patrons, to also join in. As one of our listeners, Simon McGar says, it's like listening to the radio, only it talks back to you and sometimes asks you to join in, whether you want to or not sometimes. <laughs> so today we're joined by host of the Pack Woman podcast, it's Linda Hayden. We're joined by Tony and Martin from Echo Chambers podcast and myself, Caroline West from the Glow West podcast. And we'll also have some very special guests popping in as always. And as always, you can join in and support the work we do by popping over to patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. Patreons get the option to join join in a live Q&A at the end and ask questions throughout the recording using the chat function. So it's been a week. Um, I don't know where to start really with everything. Um, it's probably a fitting week seen as it's been Halloween. So there's been a lot of scares, goals, snatching candy from babies. Um, it's, it's a roller coaster of a week. So we kind of we had a, a few fights over what we were going to cover in the content today because there's just there's just so much. But I suppose one of the things you might start with, um, Antonia might go to you on this, is Jeremy Corbyn over um, in the UK and being suspended by the UK Labour Party. And I suppose if you only ever read the Daily Mail, this was coming for years and years and years. And he's just this rabid um, anti-Semite and just. Oh, yeah, like the joy it, of the Daily Mail. It's I, I look. I'm, I'm I'm not even going to talk too much about it because we have um, uh, one of the best uh, minds in, in in the country to talk about it with us, uh, Jacob Wolf, who's a, uh, who is is fantastic. And I don't know. I suggest you people look him up online. Jacob does very informative and in depth views on on anti-Semitism and how it is weaponized and how it's used. Um, and I've asked him today to just 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 to comment on some of the some of the things he, he spoke about during the week and how he saw the issue, not specific, ju- not just specific to Jeremy Corbyn, but to the movement within the Labour Party. Jacob, thanks for coming on and giving us the time. Uh, hi, hi, Tony. Can you hear me? We can hear you crystal clear. Um, l- listen, you did another interesting thread about, you know, um, mm. The, the disingenuous use of what is a genuine problem. Do you want to just give us a quick um, explainer for, for listeners, please? Uh, okay, well, first of all, I must admit, I'm a little surprised because when you said uh, I'd like to have you on to discuss a Twitter thread you wrote, I assumed you were referring to my uh, 52 tweet thread about the significance of Judaism and the Big Lebowski. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> but But uh, sure, if you want me to talk about anti Semitism instead, I guess. I guess I could. I'd be happy to oblige you. I do. You are. Yes. I suppose it, get, it gets at a lot of the frustrations I've had throughout like this entire years long scandal, scandal where, where like anti-Semitism is only ever discussed at the level of accusation, accusation, and at the at the at the level of like we sort of wielding it as a we, as a weapon uh, against specific people. And you know, you know, I I've been like a like aware of it for years. Years going, years going back to like even uh, the anti-Semitism fa- faced by like two of the uh, Jewish political leaders, uh, Ed Miliband and Bernie, Sa- Bernie Sanders. Sanders, who often faced a horrendous anti-Semitic comment, which was almost never, never counted, counted upon. On, on, uh, and like, like uh, you, you can compare it to say like the conversation driven by movements like Black Lives Matter, which has actually managed to have a like drive a constructive conversation about racism, about how it could be, be deconstructed and discussed and discussed discuss and actually tackled for which anti-Semitism it's only, 
only ever wield wielded at you know as, as something I like to point out it is <clears throat> something I like to point out <laughs> it is our thank you thank you Denny something I like to po point out, out is that you know with all the seeming inescapableness of the scandal of years there's been very little actual discussion of it and you know there's so much to discuss after the way like, like it strengthens uh, net racist, net racist narr narratives, the way it's used in, used in service of power, the way it's used in, ser in service, uh, service of, of like delegitimizing movements, movements, think, think of like claims to like all these like really important and powerful social movements all just, you know, in the pocket of George, so George Soros, Soros or like, you know, like Jewish, Jewish academic, academics. Demics, demics, and and it's interesting how like like historically it's always been like quite functionless in in that uh, functionless in in that at least the way I see it in that the way uh, it's the way it's used used by people in power to strength to strengthen their own power hold and it's interesting that that even now nowadays that whistleblowers will be taking it seriously it's still being used in that way in fact often by the same people people. One who like who are like actively spread, spreading spreading and bringing it about bringing it out the same people talking about like Soros and like the Frank Frankfurt School academics and academics being behind like behind like like critical critical race theory and critical theory these same people want to like then then go and say uh, actually actually it's the left the left or it's minorities who are responsible for who are responsible for it. And, oh, sorry. oh, do you want to jump, jump in there? Yeah, no, just, just on, so, so when we're coming to that point, though, where you go, as you said, it's the left, it's minorities, it's this, and then eventually it becomes, and who funds them? It becomes, you know, it always becomes yeah. the, and in the case of, say, for example, you know, uh, there's a question, someone says, you know, well, could, it was Corbyn hard enough on, on anti-Semitism? Well, if you ask, the, if you have to ask the question, I think that's a problem, you know, and that's not to pick on Corbyn per se, but to say that it, but it also is a, something that's weaponized to deflect from genuine, um, you know, issues of social change and, and social justice. And, and, and again, it's also a way to discredit movements because as you know, Jacob, as you've explained to me previously, that if someone, if you turn around to someone and say, well, the problem is this minority and sure, look, that minority could never one up you without the, the Jewish bogeyman. Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and I feel it's at the same at the same time. It's also there's also an well, I guess an offloading of responsibility. Firstly, like 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 we're sitting in the legacy of thousands of years of anti-Semitism, which you know culminated in you know the Holocaust, the Holocaust, and uh, in the wake of that, that I try to feel that like instead of actually taking proper responsibility for it, for it, for it, we largely decide to just dump the the, the uh, responsibility of the legacy on. Mostly onto the heads of like of uh, Palestinians in the form of like the Balfour Dec Declaration, say, oh no, it's a uh, your problem now, problem now, now, and at, and at, and even more crazily that uh, oh actually it's uh, sometimes you even hear people say it's their fault, it's their fault that anti-Semitism exi exists in society, society, and, and so yeah, I think I think it's got this uh, habit of like otherizing it and offloading it is also a way to like I guess avoid. Facing the fact fact that that like we li again we live in the like this like legacy of thousands of years of years of it and we have to all take responsibility take responsibility for for it and that, and that it is like very important important like I want to discuss discuss critically and honestly and fairly fairly and my worry is um 
you know, the same day, I uh, don't know if you know, it's the same day Colvin was suspended, uh, Lisa Nandy, who was, uh, he was, I think, quite close to Starmer. Starmer, mm. uh, she got into some trouble because, oh, well, because she uh, misspoke on the, ra- on the radio. She made the, like, I guess, classic mistake of, like, describing the views of, like, a racist anti-Semitic person without making it clear that she's describing their views. Views and views, and uh, she got into a bit of trouble with that. And like, I saw a lot of people laughing, like, "Oh, this is anti-Semitism. Is you going to face consequences?" And I thought, she, thought she, and I, I saw that, and I just thought, "Oh God, it's just, just the future. Just everyone like hopping on these, uh, like these any misspeaking and mispronunciations. Asians trying to trying to get trying to like get each other that down down or get each other in trouble trouble or fire trouble or fired." Fired or whatever, well, without any actual progress on the conversation being made, being made, must, which it, you know, it I must want. be hugely frustrating. And I, I got, yeah. I, we, we got, we can't. I just don't want to labour it, but I just, it must be hugely, no pun intended. Um, but uh, it, like, you're there, and you're actually able to talk about it in such an educated way, and you want to have that conversation in the wider mm. public and raise awareness. But it's just been used as a stick to say, mm. you know, and and you see it on the streets of Dublin now, where it's become a. a um, another trope that's now reared its head again where i know the numbers are low the last couple of weeks thankfully but we've seen it there um just the last question i suppose for me for me to, to you now is do you think that where people are seeing the boogeyman that it, that it's been that it is or are we still having it managed as just is it are people wising up to the fact that it's 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 been weaponized and not actually been used by good faith good faith actors mm. Well, so it's like, I, I think there's a recognition on, on the left anyway, but this is my exact fear that uh, the left, that people on the left are going to like get so into this idea that it's all bad faith, bad faith, and it's all, all nothing, that, that's, yeah. uh, they, that they'll, start, they'll start taking people like me seriously, well, seriously when I try, try to actually talk about, talk about critically. critically. Uh, like, it's already quite difficult to, to like have this conversation on the left without them trying to to say, oh, but like, what about, what about, like, Israel, what Israel, what about, what about yeah. Zionism, even in the conversations where, uh, where that's not even relevant. relevant. So, yes, I, as I said, that's like, my, I guess, my, my biggest fear, fear, especially in a time when, like, you know, every lockdown we go into, it's going to have more people just driving themselves absolutely crazy, going down conspiracy rabbit holes, a lot of which will, you know, inevitably lead to anti Semitism. Ism, which is a which is quite a big concern concern mine that the that's the future of just everyone living in these like in crazy conspiracy but conspiracy bubble bubbles bubbles. So yeah, I do think people are starting to wise up wise up, but I also want want people like especially people who sometimes listen to this podcast has to keep in mind that it is a actually a serious issue issue and one that affects them as, as well and all the other movements you care movements you care about. Yeah, I, look, Jacob, we're gonna have to leave it there. But I'm so glad that, that you, discuss, I'm yeah. so glad that you came on the podcast. And I would say to people, look up Jacob on 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 Twitter. Look, follow him. Look at his threads. He, he's written extensively. Several essays published on it. Educate ourselves about this because we have to be much more um, we have to be much more wise to what's actually happening. And thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. You're very welcome, Terry. Thank you so much, so much for having me on. Having me on that. That's yeah. We definitely need to come back to that for a more in-depth discussion because I, I don't think we really have that in, in a lot of media, media circles. You know that kind of in-depth. Jacob is brilliant. I, I'm always yeah. I always just love how he can he, he sees it what it is and sees at the bottom of you know he cuts through the twelve layers and then tells you what it is and he's, look I I've learned so much and that's all that's all I'd say. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of layers, um, we'll move on to our next point. That was smooth. Um, (laughs) The issue of Rahama and um, direct provision and providing centres for victims of sexual exploitation, which on the surface, of course, sounds absolutely amazing. And this is where we should be going. And we should be giving people who've had that experience specialist services. Um, But Linda's here to explain why this isn't really as good as we think it might be. No, so um, we we heard in August, and actually it flew under the radar a little bit, um, so we decided to start shining a bit of a light on it. Um, we heard in August that they were setting up a separate direct provision centre somewhere in the east of the country, specifically for people who had been trafficked for um, sex exploitation, which is brilliant. You know, it means that people who have been tra- uh, sex trafficked we're going to have somewhere specific for them while their asylum was was being processed and stuff like that. And it was badly needed because obviously these people had been forced into sex slavery and stuff like that. So it was great. And then in the middle of it, it was being run by DePaul and Ruhama. Okay, so Ruhama, if anybody doesn't know, um, is an NGO and it does an awful lot of work around sex trafficking. to the detriment of other trafficking, really. They focus very much on sex trafficking. And also they believe that all sex work is exploitation. So, um, and the narrative is very, um, it's very exclusionary of people who choose sex work or or are engaged in survival sex work. Um, But the other thing about them is three members of their board are sisters of the Good Shepherd. So these are people who ran Magdalene Laundries. So that's our big issue with it. Um, There is a a, a bit of a a campaign going at the moment. Emma Jane Dempsey is running a petition. Um, We're urging people to contact particularly Roderick O'Gorman, the Taoiseach, the Taoiseach, Eamon Ryan, um, anybody who you think would be uh, relevant to say that there is absolutely no way that Ruhama should be involved in any kind of vulnerable people. The track record of the Sisters of Good Shepherd is not there. Um, and if anybody needs to hit me up, I can give you some links as to why. Um, but yeah, so we, we've seen this. So we have the the same thing happening in 2020 as happened in the 1950s, where we're literally warehousing people and um, handing them over to organizations that have a religious space and a religious ethos so it feels like it's mother and baby homes mark two in in the next 50 or so years because if you have the same people who ran those institutions and the laundries i can't really see a lot of change happening in those aspects mike my big concern with it is this government has committed to ending direct provision in the lifetime of the government they've only got what four four and a half years left why are they setting up a new center if they're if they're committed to ending direct provision, you know, and I do understand a hundred percent understand because I've dealt with victims of sexual violence and, and Emma Jane's dealt with victims of sex exploitation who are not from the state who would have to go through an asylum seeking process. Um, and, and there are issues where um, people have experienced sexual violence in the country that they're fleeing from or in the direct provision center or external to that. And they're afraid to, to go forward to the Gardaí because they're afraid that it will affect their asylum seeking status. So um, there is a need. And also there's, there's, there is a need for services for these people. Like there's no therapy or anything offered like the mental health 
well-being of people in direct provision and you we know that a lot of them have fled from very 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 dangerous situations and situations where they have experienced trauma but there's nothing there for them in terms of state supports um there's very very little and the mental health of the people within the direct provision service i mean we have people who are there they're up to 14 years with no access to services and and their basic human rights being denied. So there's a number of concerns about this. Number one is that we're we're making the mistakes of the past. Number two, why are we opening a new centre when we're committed to ending it? And number three, um, like what supports are are going to be there? And and if somebody has been sexually exploited, like what kind of stuff are they going to be told if if a service like Rahama is is given that service? So. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, definitely. And then I'd urge people to sign that position and get involved in that. Um, moving on quickly, I suppose, because I suppose we're going to dedicate a fair bit of time to the very obvious thing that most people have tuned in this week to hear. But before we get to that, talking of mistakes of the past, the US election is on on Tuesday. So three days potentially left of this madness. Martin, your thoughts on, on the election and the orange Cheeto possibly getting back in again? Yeah, there was a poll out yesterday that showed Trump is seven points ahead of Biden. And that doesn't actually surprise me. Um, It's the same pattern as the last election. I think this is on a knife edge. Um, Will he get in? Don't know. Uh, How will it benefit us all? It certainly won't. Um, He is the agent provocateur for all the crazies in the world. He's as radicalizes people as much as um any any of the terrorists in the middle east he he, he radicalizes his people i said i don't know did you see the bus where they were trying to mow down the bus and push it off the road it's a strange place and the world is just getting stranger every day there's an image yesterday as well on, on Twitter of someone who's, I think she was Pennsylvanian, I'm not sure, but she was driving around with an American flag, her gun and a Bible hanging out the window. And it's like she was that- the governor of a of a of, of a county. I think she was Bible gun and big four. Actually, sure. when you see them all in the four by fours, doesn't it look like the Taliban? rolling along it absolutely does yeah if they had brown skin the media would be demonizing them to bits but yet they're celebrated because they have their white skin amongst trump supporters i I, i'm gonna just give some very quick points martin is wrong um 90 90 million people have already voted um already as of yesterday 90 million people had already voted only 130,000. only 130 million voted in all of 2016 the vote is out. It's out. And um, Biden has a 50-50 chance of winning Florida. Um, and Florida is one of the states that declares on the day generally. And if it declares, he's got a seven, point, seven to nine point lead in, in, in the popular vote, which means we're, we could be in landslide territory. The surprise could be that he wins by a landslide. That's the surprise. The surprise could be that he wins in a landslide. Um just looking at the other so pennsylvania florida are key and basically uh if they don't land quickly enough you will actually we'll end up with a situation that it'll go on for days because that's when it becomes problematic that if uh, if the uh, tangerine idiamine is ha- hanging on in florida for a while or the nectarine noriega um we'll all have to put up with this nonsense for for, for weeks as he makes things a bit uh, grubby and tries to drag it to a supreme court judge or a supreme court that he has stacked 
in his favor. So, you know, they're his appointments there. So that's the only place he needs it to get grubby and to be actually a close race. But with 90 million people already voting, it's it's looks like some of the stuff that's happening you're seeing now, the people who are coming out now, his vote is coming out now because they don't they're anti-mask and they're you know, waving their guns and all of that sort of stuff. They're, they're, they're going to, you're going to see them on, on your TV screens for the for the next three days. But hopefully that means that the people who, who are, who've already quietly voted him out uh, will have already voted. That's, that, that, that's my take on it. There was an interesting analysis I saw during the week where it said it wasn't his goal to win. It was his goal to make the winner unclear so that he could take it then to the Supreme Court and cause more chaos. And, and everything else. And obviously he sowed the seeds of distrust um, amongst all the mail-in votes and all the rest. Um, Jacob has said there in the chat that um, reports of Trump supporters going on marches through minority neighbourhoods trying to intimidate them reminds them of Belfast. And we've seen Trump tweeting this week that you can sign up to his vote watch um, and, and you know, protect ballots and stuff. Which Army I'm pretty for sure Trump is, is what it's called. Army for Trump. Like and accompanied by images of him as like Rambo, and you're like, you couldn't get further from the physical truth about what his his physicality was. So that's an interesting um, proposition. But yeah, hopefully, look, hopefully, just three more days of this nonsense, and then we'll see. But you know, it's interesting that I'm trying to book podcasts with my American guests, and they're saying I can't do anything after November third because I don't know whether I need to flee the country or not, which is just. It, you know, it's insane to think that it used to be the bastion. Of the I've, I've I've promised two lads that they can bed down in 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 the shack when it all goes to shit. So so yeah, I'm saying he's going to lose. Yet I'm 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 also letting them. You know, in case they need to flee. Lindy so might be marrying system. someone. Their system is so weird and so weirdly set up that you can't. You, there's no way to know until the results come in. And even at that, wouldn't trust it at all. Like, imagine living in a country like, like, at least we can stand over our democracy. The tallies are opened in front of everybody. You, you're there. You can see mm. who's, who's won before it's even kind of, they're, they're just literally unfolding them. So, like, I can't imagine living in a country like that where you couldn't go and do that and actually well, stand over and vote. They, they actually say you have to make a plan to vote. Imagine that. Make your plan to vote now. It's like a three-day bloody process. You know, we, yeah. we don't, so much for the greatest democracy in the world. But anyway. Yeah, you know. no, that's, I think we'll have to come back. I'd say all next week, I, everyone's going to be sick of election coverage anyway, but I'm sure we'll come back and cover it next week again anyway, when when maybe the winner is, is there. But um, we might move on. Um, just, I suppose, to, just to another quick mention, um, and this is something that Linda is quite passionate about as well, that um, victims of abuse may no longer be named in the media. And someone made um, an astonishing point about how Anna Creagel's parents, once the boys got charged, would have not been able to mention her in the media then, which just seems like a just such a weird concept. Linda, do you want to come in on that and explain what yeah. that is all about? So what's happened this week is they've they've been testing this legislation to see um there's new legislation that if a child has been murdered um or sexually assaulted um that they can't be named in the media, which is fair enough. But what this also means is that Anybody who can identify that child. So say, for example, your child has been murdered. And I will give you an example of, of an activist that I know myself. We can't name her now, um, but her 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 children were murdered by her husband. And she's been an activist for years about um, what happened and trying to prevent it. 
And I saw an article the other day about her talking to the press as herself, and they couldn't name her because of this new legislation. And um, like, she, literally, she she can't say who she is, um, and and her children can't their names can't be mentioned anymore. The other thing that it's going to have an effect on is if you were a child when you were abused, and you're an adult now, you can't come out and tell your story. So it is silencing adult victims. You can't waive your anonymity because the offence happened when you were a child. So there's a number of different things. There has to be legislation to to circumvent this because as victims, our stories are hugely important to us. And being able to name yourself is 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 a choice that you have to be able to make. Like it's the amount of people who it's really important for them to find their voice and use their, their story. Um, to take that away is is huge. And to tell a, a bereaved parent that they can't talk about their child. What? Like, it's ridiculous. So um, there has to be something. There has to be something done about this. And I know they are looking at it. Um, they weren't aware that this was what was going to happen. So they're looking at it. But um, like, it's it's horrifying for me as a victim to think that, you know, I have friends who were abused as children and they would not be able to tell their stories. So, yeah, it's a it's a lacuna in the law. It's one that needs Mm -hmm. to be legislated for very quickly and it can be done. I don't see any great obstacles to to fill in that lacuna. So I think we should just put pressure there. Yeah, no, absolutely makes sense. Just such a weird thing to deal with in the in the week that it that we are in. So another thing to add to it. Um, all right, let's get on to realistically what we're all here for, right? The social media, I can't even look Twitter without seeing the word Leo. Um, and then the hashtag Leo the League. I think Tony's tweets it come up in my top tweets all the time for he's Tony has had no life the past 24 hours. He's just been on Twitter tweeting about Leo Varadkar um it's on a, a constant basis. It's been about three days to be honest with you. It's been <laughs> just, insane. Yeah, everything's gone to pot. So go on, dive into what is Leo the Leak? What's he done? What's the Village magazine done? And where are we now? Because it just seems like a mess. Um, okay, it's it's very simple, really. He took a, a confidential agreement that was been negotiated, still wasn't finalised in good faith between a, a union representing GPs and he handed it to his friend who was who was also president of another GP um, union. Now, do I have to stop you there and do we have to say the word allegedly there? Um, I would say no, because he said he did it. He has already said that okay. he did it and he just... He just He's saying he's admitted that he done it. Um, we've seen the evidence. I've seen the evidence with my own eyes. Um, I saw, you know, all sorts of mad conspiracy stuff going on. But, um, you know, what what it gives is an insight into uh, what people automatically assume happens all the time in Ireland. And th- this is this is what it really talks about. And, you know, the the Tanishta who was then Taoiseach should be above the fray, should be above above suspicion and much like his his nickname now of leo the leak he's now taking on water himself he's really damaged he's really damaged goods uh, he has to put on a performance on tuesday in the doll and try and satisfy people who can't be satisfied now because his statement that he went out with his comprehensive statement that was to end everything when it was given and we read it and we read it again and then we looked at it and we looked at what was said in the doll at the time and what was said by gps at the time the timeline doesn't stack up it doesn't stack up in his favor. So if there's still holes in his story after putting all his um, 
after putting all his cards out there because he had he he was reproached on Tuesday I believe with the story and told here's the story it's we're going to go with this and have, you know you have right to reply and he didn't and then he came out and said it's it's seriously defamatory so which is it was it defamatory on Tuesday or on on Saturday when it went out there's so many inconsistencies and you know this is where this is where we're going to end up with um with the Tanishta has made himself into uh, something that is politically uh, advantageous for the opposition and for people within the government who want to see him taken down a notch. I, I think it's interesting, the post, the, the after the release, I think it's really, really interesting. We're seeing waves of Terry Prohnisms coming at us. Um, and you can be guaranteed this is all orchestrated. This is all planned. Um, first of all, you have county councillors, not TDs, but county councillors coming out and saying, oh, come on, let's have an election. We'll take his on. We're ready for his. This is Fianna Gael TDs, you know, our, our county councillors. But you also have a number of journalists who are who immediately out of the traps were saying, this is nothing, uh, move along, nothing to see here. And without any real analysis of, of what happened, Yet their their reflex was to say you can't uh, you can't say anything bad about Leo Varadkar, and to me they're the real problem. Why are you running interference for Varadkar? Why are you? He made enemies in Fianna Fáil. He made enemies uh, in Fianna Gael, and now it's all coming home to roost. And Michal Martin came out and said it was inappropriate. Michal Martin's his boss. In an ordinary government, the Tarnishta would be told that's it, you're gone, and somebody else would be appointed. But because we have this thing where Varadkar is the king to be, um, if you get rid of the Tarnishta, you get rid of the government. Um, it's it's a really crazy situation. I think the biggest thing is the arrogance of him. Do you know what I mean? He thought that it was going to be nothing because he, he thought the Village magazine, that people weren't going to pay attention to it more so than anything else. And he sent out the flying monkeys, and it's very tactical what he has done now. Um, because um, somebody said yesterday, it'd be interesting to see who's going to go to bathroom. You know, there won't be a big queue for it. But um, the uh, the ones who have done it are the 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 county councillors and the ones who are you know renowned for putting their feet in their mouth as well. So um, I, I don't know. I think it was an arrogance. I think when he was told on Tuesday. And nah, this is going to be nothing. And then all of a sudden it was something and he had to do something evasive. Well, that arrogance, like we're not surprised. I think that's been a, a long time feature of Leo's and that absolutely is is nothing new. Um, we have Saoirse McHugh here today to join us. Um, morning, Saoirse. Hi, how are you? Hi, what are your thoughts on this mess? Well, I, my very first thought was nobody is happier about this than Roderick O'Gorman. Like, I'd say, like, ooh, how dare you, Leo Radker? Um, Like, I suppose, much like Phil Hogan, um, it, I think what will happen will depend on how honestly Leo plays it. Like, already he's lied. Immediately. Um, and, like, I, I suppose I don't know anyone writing in the village, but I was like, surely to God they would have not just you know thrown this out for i saw one of the journalists you were talking about kind of suggest that it was for a few subscriptions and i'm like why would you want a few subscriptions just before your entire publication goes bust forever um 
So I think it will all depend on how Leo Varadkar plays it and how many friends he has kind of made and kept throughout the last few years, which I imagine is not, well, there's not very many outside of the Oireachtas, but he did, you know, he did get elected as leader of Fine Gael, So he has enough friends within his own party. Um, and I also bet, like, I assume this stuff happens all the time. And I, I bet every single politician there has done something like this and is like, oh, shit. Let's hope that this doesn't become a, you know, an offence all of a sudden or, you know, something that we're actually held accountable for. So obviously I would like nothing better than to see this roll on and him be booted out in like two or three days. I, I would just get and I'd love I'd love to see it drag out. <laughs> I, I really, really. I think that's the best case scenario that it drags out, Sorsha, because it just does more damage as the longer it goes. Yeah. Someone in the comments there, Thomas, has said, but you wouldn't really get rid of the government if Radko, if Radko goes, would we not just have the new Fine Gael leader taking his place instead? Mm, yeah, but hang on. Look at how many scandals we've had. How many scandals in 138 days? I did thread it yesterday. It was huge. Like, how much more are we actually going to take? I know and, we have COVID and stuff, but we, we can't keep going like this. And so many of those scandals have managed to avoid Fine Gael altogether. So yeah. I'm sure, like, Fianna Fáil and the Greens are like, oh, go on. Get on. <laughs> I, I, look, I, the reason I said I've been up for bloody 78 hours or whatever it is is because there's been a, a lot of this has been building for days. People are talking, people are um, getting into their camps. And I do think that there are other people who will say stuff that about Leo Varadkar should this become the catch the zeitgeist with the public should it become big enough a scandal where they can make political capital out of it i think you will it's like kicking the tires and see what what what's loose and there are other things that are loose out there um one other thing i would like to mention it's actually probably good that you're there sorsha as well given the fact that you had uh, your own um I should say flashpoint maybe is a bit harsh, but we had issues around situations around direct provision in, in Ackle. And we saw some of the comments that sort, sort of been lesser reported on in, in the commentary around the story. Are the, are the feelings towards refugees and the, that the fact that the then Taoiseach, and to quote the, the, the text message, doesn't give a fuck about refugees. I think it's very... I think it's people actually aren't surprised by that. We're not surprised. It's just mad to see it in in the cold light of day um i and sorry sorsha go ahead i was just gonna i was just gonna say and that like celebrity doctor who i've had my suspicions confirmed on that um just like tweet or uh, messaging with the money bag emoji it was just so disgusting like talk about showing your arse like it was just oh like it, it really just revealed everything didn't it and it's I don't know. It's pure sickening and completely unsurprising. But I wonder, does, you know, it being out there now, that kind of sentiment. Well, now it wasn't from Leo Varadkar, it was about him, which we all know. But I would hope he wouldn't lean into it because, you know, at least I know, I know there's real like pitfalls to civility. But if we can hold politicians from not going down the Verona Murphy kind of route, you know, that does have real repercussions on people's lives. Um, and I would hate for him to be like, oh, well, there wasn't big kickback about that. So I'm just going to, you know, now try and veer much uh, harder to the right. I don't think we should forget the context either, the context of the league. This was a, a union negotiating on behalf of its members. An arrival organization was sent 
the 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 details of the negotiations. I mean, you if you did it in any other realm of of life your job would be gone there isn't a single job i can think of that you would survive that not one um it's not your business to do it and you know th- there was some people who came out initially and said oh he did he did this i think it was himself in the interests of the public good well no it's not in the interests of the public good to do this you were undermining union negotiations i mean if you were in a union they would crucify you i i, 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 I need to see ik too come out strong on this mm. because he's he's the minister for enterprise and trade he's supposed to be negotiating these things and on behalf of of the state and he's shown to not be trustworthy with those documents and and again we don't have to say allegedly because he's admitted it there's, um, a, there's illegality he should face the consequences of the illegality it has to be a criminal offence. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's weird. It's shocking, but it's not shocking because this, the hallmark of this government or coalition, is just being cruelty. You know, like the amount of cruelty that we've seen with the mother and baby homes and direct provision. Everything has just been absolutely cruel. So the fact that you could just casually say, "Well, fuck refugees," you know, it's. it's but it also calls shocking. into, you know, this was a confidential document. It also calls into question, what is confidential? We're told that we can't, uh, people who are affected by the mother and baby's home can't see their documents. Now, is it a case that if you're friends with Leo, you can see anything you bloody want to see? Yeah. So confidentiality is either it exists or it doesn't. There's no halfway house. There's no excuses. There's no rationale. It says not to be bloody leaked. And it was leaked. So, you know, it can't be one rule for for Adkar and a different rule for everybody else in the country. It simply cannot be. We might just move on from that a bit, but it just, I someone was tweeting about, you know, the old newspapers that said, um, oh, HSC loses memory sticks with people's confidential information on and the amount of people that would get fired over things like that. So surely the same principle should apply in this situation but sure look we'll move on because you know we we were there for a five-hour podcast i'm sure by the time this is finished there's probably we, we're, mo- we're moving on but we will be back to it when we when we stopped the, the the uh public podcast part let's yeah. let's tell the truth here we'll be back to it yeah. when, when when we get the stuff and <laughs> we won't get done for defamation <laughs> absolutely absolutely so we might finish up then with our um i suppose it's t- two-pronged we'll have a culture corner and a, a hero of the week aspect so um tony i'll start with yourself on that oh no um i just actually want to say i thought i don't i around this weird scenario of halloween at home um there was a lot of local volunteers in my community and other communities who did their best to make it as good for kids as i've seen i saw my local gaa club were going around um and delivering bags of sweets in as safe as area as i could and i just thought it was really really wonderful that the kids managed to get a little bit of whether they were drive by people waving at one another's neighbors sense of community and it was just something that I wasn't expecting um I think I was so busy the last few days that I, I forgot it was Halloween and all of a sudden there were people um coming past and there was bags of sweets being dropped in and there was kids waving from car windows and I just thought it was lovely to see and it, and I saw it played out on social media and other channels where people were talking about it um it was it was a real win a real win for 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 that sense of community Linda 
Um, I am going to go with the little legend who dressed up as Mary Lou MacDonald, including a fuck Fine Gael badge. <laughs> she was my hero of the week. She was amazing. Yeah. She just had the smile even down and the hair and everything. Fair everything. Picture. She was brilliant. Um, Martin. Simon McGar is my hero of the week. And I think Simon McGar has played, to use the old phrase, an absolute blinder. And not out of any sense of avarice. He's done it purely from a sense of goodness. And he's my hero of the week. I, I think he's brilliant. I really do think he's brilliant. Um, and then mine, my culture corner of the week is a new Ariana Grande album because I want to listen to cheesy pop songs about sex. So that kind of cheers me up. Um, my hero of the week actually is um, a fellow sex educator, Grace Ellis O'Shea over in Galway. She's doing absolutely incredible work and she's just launched um, a new platform. I think it's Words I Wish I Read. And it's just sharing stories about speaking to your younger self and, you know, maybe providing the education that you wish you had. So it's nice to support, um, you know, it's victims of domestic violence or sexual assault. But it's just lovely to see somebody doing such great work in the area of sex education in Ireland. And I'm just really relieved that we have people like her here so um massive shout out to grace there and i think that's it for our open podcast and um, thanks everyone for tuning in we're going to stay live with our patrons for a q a session and if you want to join us for this next time you know please support the shack at patreon.com forward slash twitter shack and you can have a bit about leo in the q a next week then so thank you all for listening and we're going to dive into the q a